we're doing the old Sesame Street theme here, uh, obviously, with the number 12 as we uh, look at uh, a party of 12 is the title of the message today. We've been looking at just these last three weeks, the whole idea of this value that we have here about having, a, having room enough in this place to be tight and to be in relationships. Last week, you know, Andy shared with us about the need to walk across the room and to welcome people and all that kind of stuff. But today we're going to look at the fact that even though Jesus was the ultimate of walking across the room and caring for people, he also walked with 12 guys. And there's a real need for community and for relationships that are tight. And uh, that's what we're going to be addressing today. So last week, by the way, uh, when we did our uh, Sesame Street as well, who are the people in your neighborhood? And we moved you all over the place and had you connect with people. Did you, how many of you guys actually got to meet some people, uh, some new people who live around? Okay, awesome. I, I, just, I had quite a few people actually give me some neat stories and a uh, chance that they had to, to connect with those that you live around, which is another way for you to begin to have the relationships that are necessary here. So, um, so we're excited as we move towards really accomplishing this high value that we have here as a church to be in, in relationship with one another. All right, uh, so this is a really fun day, again, uh, for me to do the greeting. The whole fall has been really fun, a lot of good stuff happening. Uh, and one of the reasons is because we are celebrating the fact that Adventure Canyon is actually using the new preschool room over there in the other building. Yeah. And um, so I just popped over there to see how things went, and uh, Dave said it was awesome. And I just, can I just say kudos and thanks to all of you who worked really hard to get that ready. And the fact that we have our uh, occupancy permit and we're able to be in there uh, today is a real, real celebration. The other celebration is the fire marshal came in on Friday and passed all of that uh, uh, the stuff that I know nothing about, uh, all the technical things. But he came in, and our, our fire alarms and all our systems are good, so we had to get that passed to have a go. We actually had a temporary occupancy permit that we were able to use on Friday night for a big party that we do for the crash here, which I'm going to explain later in the service. Um, and hopefully by this week, we will have our final uh, permit to be in there for good. And so we're really, really excited about that and celebrating uh, what God's doing there. All right, a uh, couple things too. If you just want to look through this, uh, different things that are going on. We, we always say here that we are focused on Christ. We're going to be tight with each other, and then we're out there. And so if you look down on your program, you'll see local compassion opportunities, and uh, the, just a lot of those things are starting up as well for the fall. And if you have a desire in your heart to get out and to care for just the, the people in this community, we'd love for you to check out those. And then there's just some other neat opportunities that are happening around the, uh, the community. I will want to, just the weekend to remember, is a marriage conference that's happening. And family life conferences, you guys, are fantastic. I, they really are a very, very good thing. So if you're looking for something uh, just for your marriage, uh, to encourage and strengthen and to give you guys uh, some new hope maybe for your marriage, I I'd encourage you to really check out uh, the weekend to remember. All right. Uh, we have one other thing that we are celebrating uh, in a huge way today, and that is the fact that we have been waiting and waiting and waiting uh, for our newest staff member to arrive. And yesterday, they flew in from Germany and now we're here. Would you guys give it up for Christian and Sandrine and the Kokosai family? So. What's up, buddy? Sweet. All right. So uh, we, 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 we had a big entourage at the airport and, and to welcome them in, and uh, it was really, really fun. It was fun, too, because they were the last ones off the plane. And so everybody that came through the door were like, woo! 
you know, and uh, people never had greetings like that, I don't think, getting off the plane. But anyway, you guys, we are so excited uh, to have you, and just wanted to give these guys a chance just to, for you to just to hear a little bit of them, and um, why don't you go ahead and first introduce the whole clan, and, and then we'll... Okay, well, we'll start on this side this time. The guys with the Euro hairdo, yes. <laughs> we've arrived in America, but we'll keep spiking our hair, right, Kenny? Yes. <laughs> well, this is our youngest, this is Kenny. How old are you? Eight. He's eight. That's right. You remembered. <laughs> That's very good. Um, this is Casey. And how old are you? Nine. And when's your birthday? September the 19th. Next That's week. very soon, isn't it? Sweet. Yeah, so he'll awesome. be 10 this week. And this is my princess. What's your name? Clara. And how old are you? 11. That's awesome. right. Awesome. And then this beautiful, stunning woman here <laughs> is my wife. And her name is Sandrine. Well, I won't ask for the age, no. <laughs> but she's um, a lot older than she looks. <laughs> well, that was a compliment. Yes. No, no whistling. That's uh, all right. Anyway, um, she's French. And don't hold that against her. Get to know her. She's great. And we were still hired. So that's yeah, good. absolutely. God was working miraculous ways. Hey, so... Um, this has been a phenomenal journey. It, it was in August of last year, so a little over a year ago, when I initially uh, contacted uh, Christian to consider this position, and the journey has been pretty crazy. I just wanted them to share with you just a little bit what it, what's, what, how God and this, this faith journey that all of us are on, but just share with them, you guys, a little bit of what, what you've been experiencing with God and how your faith has been growing through that in this, in this process. So, Yeah, that's been an incredible process of, of growth and learning from God. Actually, Sandrine said yesterday or the day before to me, she said, honey, I hope you've learned everything you had to learn through this so we don't <laughs> have to go through that again. Um, it was a lesson in patience, which hasn't been one of my strengths, and apparently God likes to work on our weaknesses a lot. And uh, it's been a, an incredible story, really starting with when you first contacted us. Actually, when we first met you, even, what, nine, ten months earlier than that, when you guys left our house and the door shut, the first thing I said to Sandrine was, wouldn't it be amazing if I could ever work at a church like that and with a guy like that? Mm -hmm. And not in my wildest <laughs> dreams, <laughs> not in my wildest dreams ever really considering. I mean, if somebody then would have told me, hey, in a year and a half you'll be in Salt Lake City, I would have committed him to, a, to an institution immediately. <laughs> um, and so then... But, you know, just real quick, the other thing that was cool, too, is uh, I shared this, but um, the only reason we met was because uh, of a canceled plan. We were supposed to go to Basel with Eric and Paula Winter, and Susie's passport was in her maiden name. We couldn't fly. And if we would have flown that week, we would have never met these guys. And uh, so we were crushed. We, oh, I can't believe that happened. And again, God's ways are so funky, because then five, six months later is the only way we would have had an opportunity to meet them. And my last comment is, and then what happened for us, too, is we hopped on the plane, and we were flying back, and Susie looked at me, and she goes, I think that's why we came to Basel. We were actually going there to work with another church, but she was like, I think that's the reason we came. And now, obviously, um, it is. So God's very cool. Yeah, so when, when you first contacted us, it, was, it wasn't an option in our minds. We looked at each other and said, oh, that's nice that they ask us to consider this, but it wasn't an option. And we, we told you pretty much right away, this won't yeah. work. And, and your challenge to, to us to pray about it and, and see if God might have different plans than, than what we could imagine. And 
And then the next few months of God so clearly speaking to us. And we've been in ministry for 10 years now. And we, I think we can honestly say that God's never spoken clearer and more tangible to us than, than his calling here. And then when we came here, your guys' confirmation of that. And really, I remember Andy calling it speed dating when, yeah. when we actually had the interview or the, 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 you know, when we talked with the elders and, or the, the spiritual advisory board and, and the staff. And how crazy it is that a couple comes from Europe and is here for a week and, and you guys unanimously confirm what we had already felt God telling us was just uh, amazing. And then the real adventure started. Yeah. You know, maybe Sandrine can talk about that. After it was just, wait, wedding, wedding. We were hoping to get the visa for, by when, by July? We were, the first time we booked a ticket to come here was for the 10th of July. But I think it was around May when we realized the visa will not be coming as soon as we would have liked and hoped for. And uh, it means we postponed the ticket to the end of July and um, around the end of May, beginning of June, we realized, no, we still won't have them at that time. And, we postponed them to the beginning of August, and I think you really drove crazy our agency, our travel agency. And um, after it was the, the end of August, and now finally we are here. And it was a long waiting time. Of course, we would have liked to be here as early as we could to get adjusted to the States and for the kids to be here on time for school. And uh, we prayed, and we, I know many of you prayed that we will be coming here on time. God on our time, when we can call it on time. It means July was on time for me. <laughs> but obviously, God had another plan for us. And if I learn one thing, I learned many, but the, the most was to realize that God is in control. Because I know it. I could have told you that before. Don't worry, you know, God is in control. But it's, I really had to learn to pray with my open hand and to let God know my desire, but to... To, say, to tell him, okay, your will is my will. I mean, mm. I will give you my hope, my, my dream, my desire, my expectation, because, because he does whatever he wants to. And I still don't know why he make us come only now in September. The kids missed, missed two, two weeks of school. It's not such a big deal, but for mom, we want the best for our kids. And uh, for me, it was really hard to give it up and other things. But anyway, God did it on his own timing, and I learned to, that he is in control, and he took care of us. Awesome. But what about that accent? Now they want her to preach. Now <laughs> <you know. laughs> exactly. Very sweet. Awesome. Well, wait, why don't you guys just share, too, just, I know, just uh, kind of your excitement about the future and yeah. what's happening here. So, Well, like I said, we, we feel so clearly called here to this place, and uh, couldn't be more excited to be here. Of course, we're a little confused right now. It, it really is what, like 7 p.m. for us right now, and just all a little surreal at the moment. But mm -hmm. we're, we couldn't be more excited to be here. We'll look forward to what God has in store for us together and, and how he's going to use us and use you in our lives. And, and um, we're just looking forward to getting to know you and do life together and be K2 together, be church together. Awesome. And um, I just also want to express our thankfulness to so many of you that have emailed us after I send up some updates and put posts on my wall on Facebook and even invited me to be your friend on Facebook. And <laughs> um, I get all these requests that I don't know, but they're from Salt Lake City. That's all right. That's good <laughs> enough for me. 
Um, so all your emails, even though most of them went unanswered, it was just a crazy time for us, um, were a real encouragement to us and a blessing. And, and now we're excited to put faces with emails and Facebook posts and, and get to know you. And um, yeah, thank you. Awesome. Hey, so uh, here's the deal. Uh, many of you, if you're visiting or if you haven't been around when we've been talking about Christian and Sandrine, we are in the process of continuing to our vision as a church uh, is to plant multiplying churches all along the Western Rockies. We just, we, we are really hoping that K2 is the first of many. And we've been in the process of, of figuring out when eventually we're going to do a campus down in uh, south. And so what we did is we knew that if we were going to do that, we would need a, a campus pastor at this location and a campus pastor at the other location. And so Andy and Christian will be our two campus pastors, and that's how we're going to kind of work this deal. And then I, my job as the lead pastor will just be to oversee the whole K2 gamut. Um, and so that's, that's the position that Christian's coming in uh, to, to help us with, and we're very, very excited about that. And we, I want to pray with them, and I'm going to ask, actually, would you please uh, not just join me in praying for them now? But you guys know, I mean, if you, how many of you have moved, like, you know, across country? Uh, how many of you have moved across the world? Okay, you, okay, especially those of you who've moved across the world. You just, you just know there's so much transition, there's so much change. All these guys are going to school starting this week. Uh, Claire, you start tomorrow? And then uh, Kenny and Casey start on Tuesday. And just all the newness, you know, they aren't going to get into their home. They do have a home, but they're not going to get into it till the end of October. So again, they haven't been living in their own house in Germany. Now they're not going to live in their own house here. You guys get the picture? All that stress. But I know this, if we will pray for them during this time, God's peace will be theirs, and, and just in the transition, let's pray that the transition goes smooth. So would you join me right now, and let's pray together for these guys. Father, we thank you that you are in control, whether we believe it or not, or whether we feel like it or not. We thank you too, God, that you are just faithful. You just are. You can be nothing else. And even when it doesn't seem like you're being faithful to us, we are. you are, and that's why we just want to stop and praise you and thank you. That even, that, and I also want to thank you that you actually told us that your ways would be different than our ways. But your ways are good, and your ways are right, and you are faithful. And you tell us that I will always work together for the good for those who love me and are called according to my purpose. And so we just wanted, first of all, to say thank you for your goodness and for your love and for your care for all of us in this room. And now especially for the Kokershites, God, we just ask that you would just be uh, pouring your grace all over them during this time of transition. We pray for the kids that they would have an awesome first few days in their new schools. And I, I ask that you would just bring friendship and, and camaraderie with other students almost immediately. And uh, just pray for Christian and Sandrine as they just get all the stuff that has to happen to move here and to get settled and uh, for eventually being in their new home. And we just ask now that you'll just cover their hearts and cover their minds and may they really experience the peace of God that transcends all understanding. Lord, we thank you for bringing them here, and we thank you for what you have in store for us in the future as you continue your dream for K2. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You bet, guys. Give it up for these guys. Oh, okay. Hey, uh, before we uh, jump into this message, which is again about uh, community, we used to do something here all the time. Uh, we used to call it the K2 Crunch, and we also, another term we used to do is the meet and greet. 
And um, one of the things we, I'd love for you to do is, spend, since we're talking about last week even, walking across the room and engaging each other, is if you would just take a minute or two in, uh, in, in here after I give you the go, just to stand up and just to welcome everybody. If you could just welcome the people who are around you, and especially those of you who are, this is your home and you're part of this deal, give them a warm greeting and make sure everybody knows that we're glad they're here. And then what I need you to do is we are, people are standing in the back, and I need you, if there's room in the middle, I need you to crunch together so that they can find seeds, seats on the outside edges, okay? So go ahead and stand up, and let's greet each other, and then crunch. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Make sure you crunch into the middle as you uh, actually take your seats so that we can uh, leave the aisles open for people. That'd be awesome. Well, that was very cool. I mean, I just, I love the buzz. Just, uh, I just, I love to hear the buzz of the conversation out there. That was very, very cool. Hey, uh, I would say probably even before we moved out here uh, to start K2, there's been a prayer that I have prayed all the time, and I find myself just constantly praying it, and it's simply this. I just say, Lord, may everything that you have dreamed for K2 become reality. Now, if you think about that prayer, for me in my heart anyway, it's, it's actually a pretty um, out there prayer. Because I know that God has told us, in the Word, He says, I will do more than you could ever ask or imagine. <laughs> and I'm a dreamer. I like to ask and imagine big things. But when I pray, may everything that you have dreamed for K2 Amen. become reality, I realize that that's more than I'm even thinking and, uh, and I also know this, that God has plans. Scripture is very clear. We know, we know that this church was God's idea. There wasn't one person thinking about Salt Lake City, I can tell you that right now, <laughs> before we moved out here. And um, so this church is His idea, and when God has an idea, you stop and you go, oh Lord, I don't know how long we're going to be here, I don't know how long I'm going to live, but man, may everything that you dreamed of when you thought of K2, may it become reality. That's our prayer. And you know what's wild about that prayer is there's a lot of things we have no idea what that means, right? We don't know what that's, that's that we don't have any idea what the future holds and how God's going to work and the things he's going to want to do. Where are we going to campus? What the building, when we go north? And all, there's just so much we don't know. But we want God's will to be done. But as we pray that prayer, there are also some things that we do know when we pray that prayer. And here's one of them, and the one I want to talk to you about today, and that's this. When God dreamed of K2, the church, his dream was that this place would be tight. And we have this little mantra, you know, we want to be focused, we want to be tight, and we want to be out there. We know, and I'm going to show you how here in the Word just real quickly, that God, when he thinks about his church, he is longing that we live in really tight, loving, open, honest filled with grace and truth relationships. And here's what I know. That God has a dream for you. We say this a lot here. And sometimes I wish, you know, we could kind of look at, I wish we could look at every one of you individually and remind you that God said, before you were ever born, when I was knitting you together, I knew the days that were ordained for you before one of them came to be. He has a dream for you. And that's pretty cool to know. But can I tell you this? He has a greater dream. The dream he has for you is good. But he has a greater dream. You know what that is? It's the dream that he has for us. 
The dream he has for you is good. The dream he has for us is awesome. Now, please forgive me, but it is the start of football season. And so when I, when I, when I get into this, but seriously, you guys, the whole idea about team sports and if you've never played a team sport, there is a really unique thing that happens in there. I think it's why schools have team sports, because there's some things that you learn. And you can give everything that you've got, and you can be an all-pro football player or be the best player on your team and win awards. But if you don't ever win a game, it's just not that great. And if you don't get the individual award, but you win the Super Bowl, it's the greatest thing in all the world. And so that's what we want to, we just need to remember here today is this whole idea that yes, God has a dream for you, but the cooler thing is he has a dream for us. And when you finally realize that your life is about something bigger than, but you're an integral part of it, it's incredible. And I just, I just know as we, as we think about this and as we move forward, that the reality is, and this is something I'm going to try to show you, the reality is, when you talk about church, is we're in this together. We just are. This isn't an individual thing. And I know that lots of times I've heard people say that. Well, you know, my faith between me and God is a private thing. And, and you may, and you, you know, and I know a lot of people feel that. But I think what you're going to see is God is actually going to tell you, no, it's not. It is individual. I, I am in you and you are me. I, this is very close. I'm very intimate with you. But it's actually about all of us. And when you understand that, everything changes. And it gets really, really exciting. And I just know, like for me, the cool thing about a team sport, you know this, right? I mean, you can get out there and you can be pouring your life into this thing. You're out there practicing hard and you've learned your playbook and you give everything, the game happens, you lay it all out on the field. And it doesn't really matter if the other people on the team didn't do the same thing, right? The guy was like, oh, dude, you know, I was kind of stayed out late last night, so I was a little tired. You know, I didn't, I didn't study the playbook. And, and all of a sudden, the team doesn't happen. And so here it is, you guys. God is saying, Here's, there's no other way to really experience the fullness that I have for you. The Bible says we are a family. We are a team. In fact, sometimes it uses the analogy, we are a building. Sometimes it says we are a body. All of those descriptions are communal. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to reveal our small groups to you. We're going to let you guys know. I know we've been kind of talking about it. People have been asking, when, when do I get in community? Because you can, again, be a part of the sea of people here and, and actually never be in a party of 12, right? And to be in a relationship, you've got to cut that down. You've got to make the pond a little bit smaller. And so we're going to reveal those things to you today. Um, but what I hit me last week, I was, just, I was just spending my time with God, and I was praying about something else, and I just hit me. It's like, you know what, Dave? This... This whole idea of making K2 the church tight. Small groups are not going to make this, this church tight. And it's, probably, it's not about small groups. <laughs> we do them because they're important. You know what it's really about? We've got to love each other. I mean, it really is about love, which is what we're going to see in the scriptures as we go in this deal. So here's what I want to help you to understand as, as, we, uh, just, as I read this, this passage to you that I'm going to go through today is that the Bible tells us that you and I can, and I'm going to read it here, that we can actually experience the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The whole measure. See, and that's where I sit there and I go, dude, you know, I want that. I don't know about you, but I don't know about just kind of going to church, but man, I want to know God, and I want the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I want the Super Bowl. 
I really do. And what he tells us is, well, it's only going to happen on a team. And guess what? How cool is this? You are my team. The people sitting next to you are your team. This is us. We are the church. And let me read to you the passage I'm going to teach from to show you, and then we're going to do something else. I'll get, we'll go into it. Ephesians chapter 4, starting with verse 11. Listen to the community words in here. It was he who gave some, meaning Jesus, to be apostles and some to be prophets and some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people. That would be all of you. For works of service so that the body of Christ, which again would mean all of you, might be built up until how many of us? Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head and that is Christ. And here he goes. And from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So as we move into our service today, you guys, I just kind of say, what do you want? What do you, what do you want? It's God is saying, I am laying out the whole measure of the fullness of me. And you can have it. But we're in it together. We are a team. And the only way we're going to have it is, as the scripture said, as each part does its work. Now, here's what we're going to do before I jump in, because I'm just going to go down verse by verse through this thing and teach through it. But I want to put some flesh on this. And so I have, uh, we have asked uh, Mary Lynn Fager to come up here. If you give Mary Lynn a big round of applause. Um, And um, Mary Goldring is going to, they're just going to kind of sit up here and kind of just share a little bit of the story that Mary Lynn has been through. And uh, dude, you rocked first service, so have fun. You go, (laughs) girl. Do that. Do that. Yeah, so this is my friend, Mary Lynn. And um, I just have to say right off from the very beginning that this is a real privilege for me to be doing this with you because I got to meet Mary Lynn the very first Sunday that she walked in the door at K2. And it really wasn't because I was handing out programs or anything at the door. I just sort of walked across the room. And uh, and I kind of stood out because I was bawling my eyeballs out. Yeah, she was was a wreck that day. Anyways, so why don't you tell us the story of how you came to K2 and what was going on in your life that day when you got here? Um, I hadn't at all thought about going to church. It wasn't even, I don't even think it was in the back of my head. Mm. But I woke up on well, it was lucky that it was a Sunday morning, and I guess it wasn't luck, it was God. Um, I woke up on a Sunday morning, and I was really, really depressed, and I knew that if I was going to live through that day, that I had to go to church. I don't know where that thought came from, but so I called up my friends that I knew went to church, and I got their voicemails, and I left them a message and said, I need to go to church, can you take me with you? And I was trying to figure out how to get, just come on my own, and I came, and thank God they were with me because they sat with me week after week, and it was really intense for me. 
So he came for a couple months and then made the decision to step into what we call the group life here, checking out a smaller group. So why don't you tell us uh, what that was like for you? Okay. Um, first, I thought, because my friends were real churchy and I wasn't really churchy, so I thought I needed to learn more about God, so I thought um, base camp would be a good place to do that and just to kind of educate myself. And plus, I looked around at all the people around me, and I was like, uh, I don't have anything on my church resume at all. <laughs> so I got to build that up. So base camp will do that. <laughs> and then uh, then I started to go to the Boz, the Boz Arts on Sunday night. Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool, too. But my relationships there were at base camp and with the boss arts were both really shallow. Like people were trying to get to know me. And I, I, well, anyone who was there would probably tell you that I was really vulnerable and that I talked a lot about, you know, I was open about things. But I never, I always pushed people away and I never really let people close to me at all. And I had a, a wall that. You can get to know me, but only this far. I only want to get to know you on my own terms. Mm. So while they were giving and giving to me, I was just, yeah. So was there a turning point for you on letting somebody step in and kind of connect with you a little bit more than just you, you know, spilling out your stuff <laughs> and not letting people? Yeah, I went to another group, and um, there was this girl there that every week she would say, well, I think we should go and do something this week. Do you want to go to this restaurant? And I was like, yeah, sure, uh, maybe next week. And then next, the next time I would see her and she'd say, oh, I just checked out this great movie. Let's go to a movie. And I'd be like, okay, well, um, not right now. And every week she kept on being really persistent about getting to know me, and I kept on pushing her away. And that was when I consciously realized that I'm not letting people close to me. I'm just building this wall, and... I'm being really open to people, but and they think that I'm, I don't know, it was just weird. So finally, I, uh, I decided, my friend actually made me invite her over, and he came over and hung out with us, and we watched a movie. And um, from then on, we were friends, but sh she was a perfect person for me at that time because I was still really exploring what, still am, but I was beginning the exploration of what I wanted to believe and thinking about things and really questioning a lot, and that's who she is, too. So we'd spend hours on the phone just asking each other, what did you think about that? Yeah. And that was a perfect person Good. for me at that time. Good. So you stepped out. I keep having that picture, for those of you who were here last week, of Andy with that hula hoop and thinking about that circle of comfort and seeing Mary Lynn in that circle of comfort and really maybe at that point sort of dropping it a little bit and stepping out into the zone of the unknown, which for you included going to Honduras, which is quite a step. So why don't you tell us just a little bit about um, how you were able to uh, be in a group there. You went with how many women? Seventeen. Seventeen women. <laughs> okay, obviously none of you know what it's like to be with seventeen women. <laughs> Together. I am not a sorority person, so <laughs> anyways. So share with us a little bit about what that was like and how being with that group of women uh, really impacted uh, your experience of beginning to receive more from, from God and of what he had for you? It was really interesting because I thought I was the only churchy person in that group, mm -hmm. or not churchy person. I thought that uh, 
I would be surrounded by all these people who knew so much more than I did and who had so much more to offer than I did. And I ended up rooming with people. There were five of us in this tiny little room. And all of us were thinking the very same thing. <laughs> this person, oh, I don't have anything to offer, but this person, she's a ballet dancer, and she can do this, and this person's a nurse. And, and you know, compared to me, I don't have anything to offer, but they do. And what ended up happening was that we sat and talked, and we told each other, like, you don't think you have anything to offer? You're incredible. And then they would say to me, well, I thought that you were incredible, too. And I was like, really? So uh, being around those women was like having a mirror to see mm -hmm. into myself all the things that I had to offer and the things that they, you know, they saw me as a competent person and not just a falling apart mess. And so it was really cool to have them be able to reflect that back to me and to give that to them too. And you made a decision. We've got a couple of photos of Mary Lynn from the Honduras trip. You made a decision when you were down there um, to get baptized. There, there, there yeah, we it was are. A kind of a last-minute thing. <laughs> there she is. Um, Why don't you tell, tell us, what, I mean, what were some of the things that you were thinking about uh, when you made that decision to be baptized? Well, I had been talking to Jairo and Lourdes. That's, that's Jairo, and that's his wife, Lourdes. And they are in charge of the church in Honduras. And everyone else was getting these amazing conversations with them. And for me, when I sat down to talk to them about my future, because I was really anxious about where I'm supposed to go next and what I'm supposed to do, they just said that I had a serving heart. And everything else they told me was stuff I already knew. So I felt really frustrated. I was like, yeah, why does everyone else get these great revelations and I get you have a serving heart. But <laughs> <laughs> so the next morning I woke up and it was a day that other people had decided to get baptized, but I had decided not to. Well, yeah, I did decide not to. And um, so my friends, when they were getting baptized, they were saying, you know, how come you're not? And I just said, I just don't think it's the right time. And I think it would kind of be cliche and get swept up in the moment and get baptized in Honduras. But um, what happened was, as Jairo was explaining about baptism, I was like, I'm supposed to do this. And I'm gonna, I need to do this. And it was really a strong feeling that I just knew for sure I was supposed to be baptized that day. Mm -hmm. Let's look at this next photo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're not too excited about that. <laughs> so tell us, I mean, it's not just about coming up out of the water, how just even relationally, since you have come back from Honduras, how the relationships that you have now, you had them before you left, you've got them now, people you work with, friends, how, how is that different and how are you receiving more of of really who God is through those relationships now? Well, now that I know that I'm not a falling apart mess, um, I, I feel a lot of peace, and I work with boys who are sex offenders. I work in a lockdown facility, and it's a pretty intense place, and I, when I go to work now, I just have this peace that, like, I, know, I can feel it. I can see how it affects the boys, mm -hmm. and, like, my inner confidence and 
has changed who I am, where I'm out meeting people and talking to people that before I just used to shake their hand and not even bother to remember their name. So on top of that, like I wake up in the morning and I can feel God inside of me. And I never thought, I thought I'm not a churchy person. Like there are people who are going to feel God inside of them, but I'm not one of them. And now I can feel God inside of me, and I know that he's walking with me, and I know that I'm not alone, and I know that when, you know, when I have choices to make and risks in front of me, I know that God is with me. Cool. So what's next for you? So now I'm moving out of my nice, cozy two-bedroom house in Salt Lake, and I'm moving into my brother's basement <laughs> in Colorado. You have, because you have a servant heart. Because I have a serving heart. And what are you going to do there? <laughs> and uh, my brother's having a baby December 5th, and he and his wife both want to work. And they knew that I always wanted to have a baby, <laughs> but I haven't been blessed in that way yet. So, well, I haven't had a husband to help me with that either. Fellas, <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> who needs eHarmony? We got K2 Harmony right here. <laughs> Sorry, that was embarrassing. This is the last time they're going to let us do this. I know it. <laughs> Go ahead. So, yeah, I'm going to um, help my brother raise his baby and be their nanny in yeah. Colorado in a basement with no heat. In the winter. Like, yeah. Good, good. Well, thank you so much, Mary Lynn, for being a part of my life and for sharing your journey. It's been awesome. Love you, honey. All right, bear with me just for a second. My notes blew all over the floor. Got to get them in order. All right, here we go. Awesome. Well, I think the coolest thing when I, because uh, Mary Lynn was in our base camp in those, those early days, and now to hear what's going on in her life is it's the beginning of the tasting what it is to have the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What is that? I mean, we're, we're going to look at it here in a second, but I just say, for, for those of you who are here, it's like, has that happened? Is it happening where you're starting to experience that? And that for Mary Lynn, it was coming here on a day where she didn't even know if she would be alive by the end of that day. And then running into people here and her friends and the relationships and the community and then taking risks and joining opportunities to connect her life with others that she's finally had a mirror placed in front of her and she can finally see who she really is. And you're awesome. You really are. So... So here we go, you guys. We're in this together. That's how it's going to work. And what I'm going to do right now is I'm just going to bust right through this passage that I just read for you. And I'm just going to teach you, try to eat each component of this, of this uh, passage. Because for personally, again, for me and for all of us, we're a team. The only way we're going to reach the whole measure of the fullness of Christ is together. So let's figure this thing out, okay? Let's, do it. let's make it happen. Here we go. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, starting with verse 11. It was he, Jesus Christ, who gave some, that would be like guys like me and Andy, Christian, you know, Mike, uh, Eric, all of us on staff. He gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why did he decide to do that? Why, why did he put some people and say, okay, I need, I need some people to take on some leadership. Why? To prepare you for works of service so that you, the body of Christ, may be built up. Now, here's what's interesting. I'm going to get into some technical stuff here because I don't know about you, but the way I'm wired is um, if people tell me to do something, if I don't understand why, 
I just won't do it. Anybody else relate to that? It's like, you know, go ahead. I don't care if you're fired up about it. Just like you, Maryland, I don't care. You know, wow, that's good for you. That's not for me. But if you can tell me why, then all of a sudden I sit there and I go, okay, now I understand this. And I think about here at K2, when we've talked so much about, we say it all the time, in America, we have this mindset that you go to church on Sunday for an hour and that that's church. And the Bible doesn't say anything about that. The Bible has always said that, no, you don't go to church, you are the church. That's, and, 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 and so we have this really tough job as pastors and teachers and leaders to, to prepare you because I feel like we have to totally shift the culture in your mind about what it means to be the church. It's not an easy task. And I know, again, for four years we've been talking, man, you got to get outside just this one-hour experience, and you got to step into some community, and we've got tons of small groups available. And I just know if, and if, and why I'm doing this message here today is if you don't understand why, then I totally understand why you wouldn't do this. But I'm hoping that by the end of the time we get here, you'll see what God has to say, you guys. Because this isn't, when we open up his word and we look at this thing, this is not like just an opinion this is not just a suggestion where God goes, yeah, well, you know, I have an idea. No, when you read the word of God, it's him saying, hey, I like made you, and I'm the one who knows how this works, so I'm going to tell you the truth, and then we can grapple with it, okay? So here's why God says we're in this together. Here we go. We're to prepare you. Well, what does it mean to prepare? Um, what's interesting, when you, when you look at that, when you look at this word, he was gave some to prepare God's people. It's a word, you guys, that, that actually means to make complete, to make it fit, to prepare it. it. It's the word that was used to mend nets. So in other words, when somebody would say, hey, we have this met, uh, no, that would be a net. We have this net, but it's not prepared yet. There's a purpose for it, and so I'm going to prepare it for what it was made for. It was also the word that was used when a doctor would take bones and set them together. He would put the bones together. He would prepare it. See, now what you understand then about that word is a net has a purpose. A body has a purpose. And what the scriptures are saying is our job as the leaders are to prepare you to complete you for our purpose. And so that's what we're doing here. And then he says, what are we supposed to prepare you for? For works of service. Now, some of you are sitting there going, so, oh, that's, that's great, you know? <laughs> do I really want to do service? You know, Mary Lynn, you got a servant's heart, you know? Sorry, it's too bad for you. But, but, but not too bad for Mary Lynn because actually what God says is the church is supposed to be prepared to do works of service. See, again, so if you say, I'm a part of K2, the church, okay, if you say, I'm a part of K2, the church, but you aren't actually yet doing works of service, then, well, we're never going to reach the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Does that, do you guys catch what God's saying here? And so our job is to somehow prepare you to help complete us as a body for works of service. Well, what kind? What's interesting here is there's two different words I want to give you. Works of service, the first one would be aptitude. In other words, some of you, now, no, not some of you, every single one of you, when God made you, he gave you a unique personality, he gave you a neat, unique passions, you have gifts, you have talents, you know, and it was so interesting to hear Mary Lynn's story, that here these five women are sitting around, all gifted by God, all made exactly the way that he wanted them to be, and none of them thought they had anything to offer. That is a lie from the pit of hell. 
I'm telling you right now, if you don't think you have anything to offer, that's a lie from the pit of hell, because as long as the enemy can make you think you don't got anything to offer, then you won't actually participate in acts of service, and we'll never reach the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Not acceptable. All right? So we come back to this thing, and we say, you are precious and important and valuable. There's only one pinky, and it's a right pinky. There's two. I'm sorry, there's two. But there's only one right, and there's one left. And nobody else can be that if that's what you are. I always love the fact that if you lose your little toe, that tiny little thing, man, you can't even walk like you used to. Every part, we, we got spleens. Nobody even knows what it does, but it's important. And, <laughs> and every single one of you is something that's absolutely critical. You have an aptitude, and our job is to say, are you doing your work of service? Are you doing what you were created to do? Because if you don't, then we won't ever reach the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I'm watching football this afternoon. It'd be like the wide receiver saying, well, I'm not important, you know, so I'm just not going to show up. And then the guy drops back to throw a pass, and there's nobody to throw it to. And he gets sacked, and we lose. So that's part of it. You are precious and valuable and critical to the team. But there's another thing about this works of service, and that is it just means to serve. Sometimes it's not your aptitude, it's your attitude. And it's the attitude just to be a servant, to never walk into a place and say, well, I'm not going to do that, you know, because I, uh, I actually do this. Well, you know, sometimes it's like, here's Jesus, right, who said, I'm the most glorious being in all of the world. And he said, what did he say? I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. I mean, the one who deserves nothing but adoration and glory and praise is the one who says, I'm leaving all of that, and I'm going to take on the nature of a servant. And so part of what it means to be in the body of Christ and part of our job is to help us to understand that when something feels too lowly for us or something feels like, well, that's kind of below me, then we, then we totally have a misperception of Jesus because he, as the greatest one, was the one who took the towel and washed the people's feet, right? And then he said, and just as I have done for you, because no servant is greater than his master, just as I have done for you, you guys need to do for each other. Okay, you guys catching this? Do you want to reach the whole measure of the fullness of Christ? Or do you want to just kind of do the church thing? Ooh, yeah. I'm with you, Marilyn. Churchy? You know, just, I want the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we have to be prepared to do works of service. And then what happens, you guys? Then the body of Christ is built up. And that literally is a term for construction. Isn't this cool? You know what God wants? He wants his body to be built up. He wants his body to grow. And so he does. The kingdom of God, for every church that believes in Jesus Christ and preaches the gospel to actually grow is the vision of God. But not just to grow numerically, but to grow in strength. The body of Christ can be built up. And then, in verse 13, we find three results. If we will actually be prepared to do the works of service and the body of Christ is built up, there's three results. The first one is this, that there will be unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. We will be unified. Do you guys have any idea how critical this is to Jesus? 
Read John 17 sometime and see how his prayer is that we would be unified in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. And you guys, this word that's chosen about knowledge, and this is, again, where we have to be so careful in the way we grew up with education, is because we think that if we know something and can spit it back on paper, that we know it. That is not what the word means. It is actually an intimate knowledge. It's like knowing your spouse. It's like knowing your best friend. It's so intimate that when, you know, I remember when Eric Winter and I used to room together in college, he could walk in the door and I would know exactly how he was doing. He didn't have to say anything. You guys know people like that, right? See, we're supposed to know God that way. And see, if that's one of the results where all of a sudden we are unified in this, what happens? You know what happens? What happens is what's happening right now. Look at this. I can talk, wave my hands, and walk at the same time. Aren't you impressed? Why? Why can I do lots of different things at the same time? Because all of it is what? It's unified. It's all together. And you know what? If my parts of my body didn't listen to the head, which we're going to get into, it'd be a real mess. And if we're going to reach the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, the only way that's going to happen is if we're unified. Because if we got certain people doing this and other people doing that and this and then we don't like what those people do and we don't like, you know, <laughs> then, then we can't ever be everything that God wants us to be. All right? Then the second thing that happens is he says what? We become mature. We become mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now let me just go on because I've already been talking about that. Let's go into verse 14. And then he says, if you guys would have that, full of his love and of his joy, the fullness of his wisdom, the fullness of his power, the fullness of his strength and his holiness and his righteousness. Then, he says in verse uh, 14, he goes, then we would no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. What a, what a great picture this is. Yeah, it, how many of you have actually like body surfed or, or done surfing out in the, on the ocean? I mean, isn't it awesome? When I moved to California, like in the first week, this guy took me. We didn't use real surfboards, but he had the, like the boogie boards or whatever, the half board things, you know? And I mean, and the waves were like, like dude, like huge, right? Okay, that was my joke about uh, surfing. But uh, anyway, so I get out there, and I have no idea what I'm doing, but I am loving it. But what's happening to me is I get caught up in these waves, and literally my whole body is doing this, right? just flipping underneath the water, and I have absolutely no control. And some of you right now, that's your life. That's your life. You just feel, I'm totally out of control. I am being tossed back and forth by the waves. And then the second picture he gives is, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. Blown here and there. You know what that means, you guys? It means this. God has a purpose for your life. God wants you and I to be connected, not just in the purpose for your life, but if we come together and are unified, remember, his dream for you is good, but his dream for us is awesome. But if you're being blown here and there, if you're being tossed back and forth, then you're not actually getting the direction and the purpose that God has for you. And I love what this passage says is, oh, you guys, but if we would actually do our works of service, and if we would be built up, we would become mature, 
receive the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then look what it says. Then you wouldn't be blown back anymore. You wouldn't be tossed anymore. You would actually find your life. And your life is being part of a team because we're in this together. Now, let's look at this next verse. He says, so that's not going to happen. And he goes to verse 15, and he says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, and that is Christ. Instead of being blown here back and forth, speaking the truth in love. Now, this is when this gets kind of fun for me. So Susan and I, man, we sat up for like three hours last night just digging. I brought up all my old seminary notes because what we actually had to go through the book of Ephesians and do all the Greek and all that, you know, in, in study of that. And I remember, so I pulled up all my notes. I grabbed all my commentaries of all these guys who know way more than I do. And here's what's interesting. When you try to translate the Greek language, you guys know this, right? The Bible wasn't written in English. Uh, it was written in Greek. And sometimes when you try to translate the Greek to English, it's really, really hard to do. Did you know that in the Greek, it doesn't say speaking the truth? And, and, and the guys, they're trying to translate this, and they're going, well, okay, how do we best explain this? Because this Greek word has a nuance, it's tough to get across. You know what it actually should say if you just read the Greek? This is what it would say. Instead, truthing in love. Instead, truthing in love. You know what this word actually means? It does mean to speak the truth. But it means so much more than that. What did Jesus Christ say? I am the truth. Right? He didn't say, hey, well, he didn't just say, I'll tell you the truth. He said, I am the truth. See, that's what this is all about here. See, in Christ, when people ran into him, did they hear the truth? Yes, and he would go out and teach, and people would go, wow, we've never heard teaching like this ever before. Because it was true. But the second thing that happened is Jesus would walk in and he would love people like never before. And everybody would go, I've never seen a man live his life like this. See, he embodied truth. Truth does not just affect your mind. And again, this is hard for us because we grew up in education, again, saying if I can just spit back on paper something, then I know it. I get the truth. What God says is no. Yes, you need to get it here. But it doesn't just affect your mind. It affects the whole person. If you actually know the truth, you don't just speak it. You live it. And that's why in this passage, it's critical to understand that. Because I think what God is trying to help us to say is, you guys, if you're ever going to experience the whole measure of the fullness of Christ together, then what needs to happen is you guys need to speak the truth to each other, but you need to live the truth to each other. You need to embody it. And be it. And then what does it say? How are we supposed to do it? Truth it in love. In love. Because love is the greatest thing. And this is the key, you guys. Because truth becomes hard if it's not softened by love. And love becomes soft if it's not strengthened by truth. And you know what happens? There are so many people. We've all done it, right? We've had plenty of, of churchy people. Maybe, I don't know if that's why you don't like churchy people, Maryland. But you probably have run into churchy people who like to tell you the truth. Right? You ever run into those? Hey, I'll tell you the truth. You know, and there's no love and because they can't wait just to tell you how bad you are. And, and there's no love whatsoever. Is that attractive? You know? And then what do you have? You have people, maybe they don't tell the truth, but they live the truth. You know? And they're all pious and mighty and holy. You know people like that? Because they don't drink like you do. Or they don't, 
don't say those words. You know, and next thing you know, there's, there's this pious attitude. That's what can happen if your truth isn't lived out in love. I'm not saying don't speak the truth. The Bible says to speak the truth. I'm not saying don't live the truth. I think that's our problem for many of us right in here. To our followers of Christ, we know it, we can say it, but we don't live it. Live the truth, but do it humbly. Do it with love. And you know what the Bible says? If, look at this, if we would truth in love, what will happen? We will in all things grow up into him who is the head, and that is Christ. Now here's the key, you guys. And this hit me just last night. This was so fun. To grow up into him who is the head. What does that mean? Well, what is the head? The head is the actual source of life. What happens on the EKG? If you go brain dead, what are you? You are dead, right? I mean, if you're brain dead, if your brain isn't working anymore, then the rest of your body, is you're just considered dead. The brain, the head, is the source of life. The other times in Scripture, the brain, the head, is the authority. It's the leader. It's the source. It's the controlling power. And what hit me last night as I was just thinking, man, so if I grow up in, if I grow up into the head, then you know what's happening? He becomes the head of me. He becomes the controlling power of me. He becomes the source of life to me. If we'll do this, oh, you guys, do you want the whole measure of the fullness of Christ? Then what has to happen is each one of us, all of us, need to grow up into him and have him be the head. See, because just imagine, if you can with me, how screwed up your body would be if certain parts were connected to the head and others weren't. I mean, can you imagine how weird that would be? You wouldn't be able to do anything. And see, and that's what God knows, God knows is true about us. Because this isn't about you, it's about us. We're in this together, whether you like it or not. You're connected to the people you're sitting to, whether you like it or not. And if we're ever going to win and have the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, it's only going to happen as each one of us grows up into him and he actually becomes the head of you and me and you and you and you and you and you and you. And then, the last verse, then what happens? From him, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Catch this with me. The whole measure of the fullness of Christ. From him, because he's the head of you. What does he do? It means all of us are following him. All of us are listening to him. All of a sudden, all of us, you ever been to a symphony when they're all warming up and doing their own thing? And you're kind of like, eh, geez, you know. The conductor stands up at the feet, puts the downbeat on, and everybody responds, and it's beautiful. What happens, you guys, when Jesus Christ is ahead and we actually respond to him? Look at what it says up there. The body gets joined and held together. Is that what it says? 
it grows and it builds itself up in what? In love. Why would that be the case? Because I can tell you this right now. If you're actually connecting to the head, do you know what the head is telling you? You know, what I, I, this is not something else we have to wonder. He's saying, hey, love each other. That's all. Love each other. And I can tell you this right now. If you're not joined and held together by a supporting ligament, then what the Bible's telling us is then Jesus really isn't the head yet. Because if he is the head, then he's going to call you to love. And the only way you can love is if you get your lives knit together. And then once the body gets joined and held together by every supporting ligament, what happens? It grows and it builds itself up in love. How? What's the last phrase? As each part does its work. That's where I sit there and I look at that and I go, man, we're in this together. I, I, don't, I don't have anybody else. You, you are my people. <laughs> and I mean, if you would look around, you could say that you all are each other's people. If K2 is really your church, then we're walking out on the field together. And if you don't know the playbook, and if you haven't run your sprints to get in shape, and you, whatever, and if we're going to go out and play, and well, who knows what's going to happen. But if you're connected, if each part is doing its work, if you're doing the works of service, we are going to grow. And it's going to be an amazing experience. So, do you guys understand why when we say you don't just come to church, but you are the church? Do you guys understand? Does, it, does, anybody, does it make sense? No? All right. Okay, let's start all over again. As we walk out of here today, you guys, you're going to have a chance. And again, if you're visiting, if you're not part of K2, then, that, then this is cool. Then you just, or If you're just checking it out, that's totally cool. But if you're saying, no, this is my church, um, I just want to encourage you to consider taking a risk like Mary Lynn did and say, I'm, I'm going I'm to actually join myself together. Because if I don't, I'll never experience the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I'm actually an integral part of this place. K2 the church will, you guys, this is truth, K2 the church will never, ever be everything that Christ has dreamed of until each part of K2 does its work. Until we're all joined and held together. Now, that's why we call it a party of 12. Jesus touched everybody, but he only lived with 12. And you got to find who those people are going to be. And if we do it, you guys, it'll be amazing. So there we go. So what do we need to do? Just somehow, I need to do works of service. I got to figure out what that is. I got to jump in and I got to be the part of the body that I am. And then I got to speak truth and I got to live truth with people, which means if you do that, then you have to hear truth too, you know, from others too, which is the hard part. And, and actually love each other. And if we'll do that, oh man, you and I will go on a ride like I think most places never get to taste ever. Do you guys want to taste it? Man, I want to just soak it in. I want to drink it in. I got one shot down here and so do you. I say, 
Let's experience the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And we can only do it as we do it together. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask Mary Goldring to come on up here. Uh, Mary is our director of Life Together. And uh, we are just going to actually give you a chance. Lots of times when we've showed the small groups, um, we have not actually, uh, they've just been out in the lobby and stuff, and you haven't really known who they are. So what we're going to do here is take a few minutes, and uh, they're actually going to be right up here on the screen and uh, give you the faces of people. And at the end of the service, there are small groups uh, out in the lobby. There are small groups outside the door in the parking lot. Everything that we've got offered is out there. So I want to encourage you just to look at these people and you know, see if a face or a location or the group or the night matches with you. And would you just, even right now, just give God a chance to go kind of tap on your heart and go, hey, hey, that one, this one, check it out. Just like Mary Linda, just check it out. You may have your best friends that you don't even know yet waiting for you to meet. All right? So here we go. Hey, you can give, a, give let's give it up for uh, Jeff and Jenna Denblaker. All right. Awesome. And uh, so you can see there, uh, holiday on Sunday. And Jeff and Jenna, man, uh, if you just need some people to love on you, right here. These are some of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. And so uh, you can check them out, and they'll, they'll be out in the library, or the lobby. Yep. Uh, second one right here is Frank and Laura Strickland. And uh, Frank and Laura live right out here, kind of downtown, on Tuesdays, growing strong in God's family. If you are at a place where your faith is just, you don't feel like it's strong, and you got lots of questions, that's what this is, growing strong in God's family. It goes through a lot of really solid foundational beliefs if you need to go through that. Uh, Miss Wendy Shelton is our third one. And uh, Wendy's downtown on Wednesdays. Yeah. And um, she is doing a book called uh, Velvet Elvis. And I want to encourage you, if you're one of those people who's just like, man, you just hate the little Christian box, you know, go to this one. Because uh, the Velvet Elvis book is one that will just kind of stretch your ideas and your boundaries out a little bit. And uh, so I know that would be great for some of you, and you can check out that one. All right, next. We, don't get to show your card. Oh, I did. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. You do it. Okay. <laughs> I forgot our fun this thing. This next fabulous couple, this is Andrew and Mary Lee Hackman, and they're leading a group called Front Porch Tales on the Back Porch. It's going to be a collection of stories, very casual, real informal. If you've never been in a group ever in your life even, this would be a really good one. We kinda, this could be like what we call an on-ramp, kind of an entry place for you to go. Check that out. Our right, next one. After the third one, we'll let you know. <laughs> okay. We'll get it right by later. Doug and Sue Bab. Now, these people know how to truth in love. Absolutely. So you, you might want to be in this group. They're going to do dinner on Sunday nights and go through a, a curriculum called the Truth Project. You can get all kinds of questions answered about what it is that we believe in the Christian faith. Great group. Hey, just check, too, because uh, some of you come down from the north and yeah, they're north. So Actually, location's late, an issue. It might be Layton. It's Layton. That, that place, too. Thank you. Layton. That place, too. Uh, next one. Uh, Mitch and Kara Manning. They don't always look like this, but aren't they cute? Um, <laughs> yeah, don't let that scare you away. I got to tell you, and this is called Financial Peace University. Sounds kind of stuffy. Trust me. These guys are passionate about all of us being financially mm. free. And using, if we're going to use our gifts and our talents, God also wants us to use our resources. But we can't use them if, if we're not free. And so, ah, this is awesome. My husband and I live by this principle. And we're pretty free. So you might want to check that out. It's in Sugar House. We have two of these groups. Yeah. All right. And so our second one. That was awesome. <laughs> and our second one is with Eric and Paula Winter. Eric is our director of operations now rich here. And uh, he and Paula. So we have one in the north and one in the south. Uh, and again, you guys, uh, we know that m one of the top reasons marriages fall apart is because of finances. One of the top causes of stress is finances. And if you just need to, man, 
as Mary said, I really encourage you to do that. And speaking of finances, I for totally forgot that we're supposed to take an offering. And, uh, and so actually, so seriously, uh, greeters, if you guys could go ahead and come on down here and we'll just take this while we continue to go through uh, the rest of these times. If you're visiting with us, we always tell you, don't worry about this financial moment. But again, as we talk about this whole idea of reaching the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, part of it is growing in this ability to really know that what God has given me, I bless him back and I say thanks with what he's done. And so if you're ready to give uh, in the offering as we continue to go through this, go for it. All right, our next group is John and Sally Gutman. And uh, a few weeks ago, probably about, I don't know, about maybe a little over a month ago, I did a message on marriage, and I used a lot of principles from this book called Love and Respect. And I, we just had so many people talk about that book, and every, lots of people picked it up. Well, this is a small group that's going to be based on that book. And so if you are looking, and there's going to be other groups, right? Yeah, as many as we need, Yeah. Honestly. So, So when you, if you sign up, if the sheet looks full, just keep signing up, and we have more people who will actually produce these groups because we know that marriages need just, just the support and the encouragement and to grow in what it means to really love each other. So love and respect groups are out there. The next one is Sim Leslie. And uh, yeah, I know sometimes people here too will say, man, I just, I just need some more. I, I love K2. I love what's going on, but I need to, how do I get deeper, Right? Here's how you get deeper, that man right there, uh, Sim Leslie. This, he and his wife Judy are coming up pretty soon uh, as well, both of them. I'm telling you, they should have 20-some people in their group every time because they have so much wisdom and so much knowledge. And if you're trying to figure out the scripture and want to go deeper, check out Sim's group. He's an amazing, amazing guy. Okay, next is Brian and Beth Woodward. <laughs> I'll tell you, we'll get it later. Brian and Beth Woodward. This is a group called Roots. If you're between the ages of 18 and 24, okay, you do not have to be college age, but between the ages of 18 and 24, they meet here on Sunday nights just for a great time. You've got questions. It doesn't matter if you are a follower of Jesus or not. You have questions. It's a good place to get them answered. You want to grow deeper, that's a great place to do it too. So that's an awesome group. Uh, this next fellow here, Steve Bossy. Uh, a lot, as Dave said earlier, uh, the first service, if you are the intellectual kind of person, you're the intellectual kind of guy, and you want, you want to think through this God stuff, this is totally your man. Yep. Steve is totally your guy. Okay, it's an early morning group on Friday mornings. Come have coffee, uh, and you're, you're going to get to know each other as well, but you're, you are going to go deeper in a lot of truth, and you can ask any question. And, you're and, and, and he's not there. a convict. So yeah, and no, it does kind of look like <laughs> it, doesn't he? And he just got out of prison. It is safe. All right. <laughs> yes, anyways. Next, uh, these next gentlemen, John Russell and Mark Haug. Aren't they good looking? I love that picture. We had this party Friday night. That's why the cowboy hats, okay? So we'll get that on. Anyways, man to man, if ever there were two guys that want to do relationship with you, it's these two guys. Really love Jesus. He's totally their head. You want to go spend time with them on Tuesday nights. Awesome. All right, very good. What was that? All right, uh, the next one up here is John Anderson. And uh, John is just a phenomenal guy here at K2. Um, in fact, we did. We just had this party last night, uh, Friday night. When we, it was the first time. It's our crash, which I'm going to explain here in just a minute. Uh, but we were able to be in the white building, and we just celebrated John because literally we don't know how much John has saved us just by this one man and the sacrifices he's given. And I took John on um, Friday night, uh, just, just grabbed him and looked him in the eyes and said, Man, dude, do you remember the first time you walked in here? First time John walked in here, man, his eyes were so red. Alcohol was absolutely dominating his life and getting ready to ruin his marriage. And uh, today, John is one of the most loving, giving, free, joyous people you will ever meet in your life. It yeah. is. It's an unbelievable story. 
And, and I know that some of you are sitting here today and the wave that's tossing you back and forth is drug or alcohol. The one that keeps blowing you off your course is drug and alcohol. And I can't encourage you enough. You want to be loved and supported and encouraged, then John Anderson and this whole group of sent would be the one that you want to check out. All right? Uh, the next one here is Sim's wife, Judy, again. So just a, a, another great opportunity um, to name me right here at K2 The Church, uh, study on Genesis, just to, and if you, to grow in the Word and understand it. That would be fantastic. And now we're going to get into a bunch of women's Bible studies. Just, yes. There's just been, uh, there's, way to go, women. You guys are awesome. You're rocking. You have so many different opportunities <laughs> here. Uh, the first one right here is Laura Strickland and Sandy Mitchell, and they're going to be doing the book of Romans right here on K2. Thank you. Very nice. Uh, this next one is called Dangerous Surrender. In the photo on the left is Amy King. Amy's going to be leading that group. And the woman who's hugging her happens to be a woman named Kay Warren. Her husband, Rick Warren, wrote a pretty famous book called Purpose Driven Life. Kay has written a more dangerous book called Dangerous Surrender. If you want to really step in a little bit deeper and know what your life could look like if Jesus was really the head, you want to be in this group. Uh, again, if this group gets filled up, we'll make more because I, I'm loving this book. And so this is a women's group. Sorry, guys. If guys want to do it, let me know. We got lots of books. You can start a men's group. But this is an awesome group on Monday nights. Seriously. Next one, another women's group. Uh, Robin Gettings is going to be leading a Beth Moore study. It's just a type of Bible study on the book of Daniel. That's going to be in the Sugar House area. And Chris Asplund is also going to be leading another uh, small group for women. This will be on the study of Psalms, uh, on the book of Psalms. Cool. And then... Uh, Jessica Nelson is doing one on a heart like his, which is the life of David. Uh, David in the Bible is the guy that they said he was a man after my own heart. So if you want to understand what it is to grow that type of heart for God. Uh, Penny Child and Kathy Kleppis are doing uh, Stepping Up, which is a, uh, a study on the book of Psalms, which I just taught from that again a couple weeks ago. Man, if, again, if you want to know how to work through the, the emotional side of struggling through life and how to get through with God, Psalms would be, would be awesome. Uh, this next one is a personal favorite. Troy and Trisha Shepard are doing Sunday night football. And so uh, basically, uh, I actually did one of these when we first launched the church, but it's just a great time. If you're just looking for a chance just to connect with some people and get to know some people on Sunday nights, they'll be watching the game, and they live right down here in Sugar House. So we'd love to have you do that. Ready? Valerie Green. That's Valerie on the left. <laughs> just so you all know, Valerie's a good friend of mine. And Valerie has a real passion for the world, for intercultural students. So really what this group is going to be, it's going to be a cross-culture club. We have 3,000 international students enrolled at the University of Utah who would love to meet American families. This is a church that says we want to go global, right? We want to get it out there all over the world. What better way to start? You can save on your airfare. You don't get jet lag. You can go to her house for a casual potluck, hang out, meet some people, share cultures, and just love people. It's going to be a great thing. If, again, if you've not been in a group, this would be a great on-ramp to get started in. Uh, then the last one I think I'm going to do is are the Mommy and Me. These are the Melissas, as we call them, Melissa Little and Melissa Van Hooser. And they just have a passion for young moms getting together to encourage one another uh, in the raising of their babies. So that's available out there as well. Cool. All right. This, uh, this next one, uh, is a the, the leader is really rough. <laughs> so, uh, but this is our crash course. And uh, we do have a membership here. I mentioned that we had a party on Friday night, but we call ourselves The Crash. And the reason we do that is because you have like a flock of seagulls or a herd of cattle, that kind of thing. A group of rhinoceros is called a crash. And the cool thing about them is they run 30 miles an hour. Now, can you imagine this beast running into something, running 30 miles an hour? He would definitely make an impact, right? 
And that's the type of church we want to be. We want to be a church that makes an impact. But here's the other cool thing about rhinos. They can only see 30 feet in front of them, so they have no idea where they're going. <laughs> so, and, and that's why we chose this name, because we just freely admit we have no idea what we're doing. And so what you do is you fix your eyes on Jesus Christ, and then with reckless face, you run 30 miles an hour. And so if you want to be a part of that, what that means is this is what we're saying is there is a core group of people here who really almost make everything happen. They, they, they are living their life out. Their faith in Christ is committed to be lived out here. And if that's you, and you just say, man, I want to make that commitment. I want to join. I just want to make that happen. Um, we would love to have you join us. It'll be on Wednesday night, starting October 1st. You'll get to meet all the management team, all of us share uh, and teach through that, so you get a chance to meet all of us and hang out. And, um, but here's the deal, too. Just know this. I mean, you can, you can be a part of K2. You don't have to be a part of the crash, obviously, because most of you aren't. You can come here. You can serve here. You can be involved in anything, go on mission trips. You, it doesn't matter. You do not have to be a part of the crash. The only thing you have to do to be, uh, be on the crash is, is, is if you want to lead anything, because we want to make sure that those people who are leading our ministries have actually gone through what we really are and our values. So normally what we do is we have anywhere from like 30 to 60 people who sign up for this thing. And then we have small groups within that. So you get to meet some people, build some relationships, and then understand the heart and soul of why we are the church that we are. So we'd love to have you join us for that. Um, and then the last one is uh, we also are going to be uh, Andy Marshall. Yep. Woo! Yeah, baby. Yeah. So that was, uh, we had the old mechanical bull out there Friday night. It was quite the hoot. So, uh, but Andy uh, is leading the South Campus effort, and we are going to have small groups that are you know, opportunities to gather together to meet people who live in the southern part of the valley, and those will be happening as well, so we'd love to have you sign up for that, okay? So, uh, yeah, Mara, why don't you? Just one last thing before Dave's going to really kind of bless us here before we go, um, and that is uh, usually we have a book, a directory of groups. We're trying to do something different for you which is to make sure that you always know what groups are really open and available. So when you walk out that door today, you're not going to see a big old stack of books and somebody smiling handing you a book that you can go off and go and look at.